670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, hitting the ground, running this morning. He is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone with us, live from Washington, D.C., getting an early start to uh, his day today. Also, it is Congressman Russ Fulcher. Welcome, Congressman. Thanks for taking a little time with us this morning. I know you've had a busy week so far. Hey, my pleasure. And uh, it's nice and wet, about 40 degrees in Washington, D.C., so the swamp is holding (laughs) true to its name. It's good and wet. Uh, Congressman, it's been uh, since last year that we've had a chance to uh, talk to you uh, about anything going on. And I know, you, you know, vacations and whatnot, you go on break for the uh, holidays. Uh, but you're, you're back in, in session. And what are some of the uh, things that maybe we have missed and haven't had a chance to talk to you about here over the last few weeks? Well, I, I don't know if you've missed them or not, but I can tell you what is getting the airplay within uh, the members of Congress and, and the, the core that's here. And that's, that's two things, basically. That's a, a potential, what appears to be an imminent move by Russia on Ukraine, which has significant ramifications to us, well, all over the world, actually. And then also this uh, ongoing effort to put our elections under the auspices of the federal government, which is equally disturbing. And so those are the two big items that are at least getting the time for the debate here. Well, let's uh, begin things in with talking about federalizing the election. That's kind of in the news because the Senate in a vote last night um, basically had two votes that the Democrats wanted to pass, and both of them got voted down, and that's getting read to the filibuster, and then also voting on the what they call the voting rights bill. I, I don't. It's a voting bill. I don't know if it's necessarily a voting rights bill. Um, tell us what what is in that bill and what's being talked about in Congress. Well, one secret that I learned here, one trick that I learned here when I first started was if a bill gets a nickname and it has something to do with rights or liberties or or uh, freedoms or things like that, watch out because there's. There's usually something more to the story, and there certainly is with this. What this bill does is it it basically uh, loosens the uh, voting privileges so much that just about anybody can do it and uh, and do it multiple times. To to a large extent, voter ID is is uh, uh, restricted or not even allowed at all. The federal government controls things, not the states. So it's a one size fits all type of a deal. You do not need to be a citizen in order to vote. Um, there is financing that is granted to in, uh, to members of Congress and to people running for Congress instead of raising your own money. So it's taxpayer-funded uh, education. Uh, the list goes on and on. The, the mail-in ballots, the ballot harvesting, all of that is legal. Uh, open dates so that not just one date or the ballot date is when you have to have your vote in. There's a, a, a big swath available. This is designed to make it easier for the majority to stay in control. They, in my opinion, they know just like we do, like I do, that they are heavily likely to lose control in this upcoming election. And so they're trying to change the rules to give them the best possible chance of winning. Congressman, what is Idaho's Day of Tears? 
Uh, well, I, I, I think that is uh, uh, something that's been proposed to acknowledge the number of abortions that have taken place in Idaho. I, that said, I haven't stayed on top of the, the legislative things as much as, as I should have, but I think that's what that represents. And this is the life week here in Washington, D.C. So the pro-life, pro-life groups are here. Of course, you know that the Roe v. Wade decision is uh, actually under discussion right now at the Supreme Court. And so I believe that's what that, uh, that is to acknowledge. Going back to um, the voting rights bill being discussed, um, I, I mean, I, right now, you know, states control their own elections, and one of the complaints that Democrats are making is that, you know, the mail-in voting, they want to expand mail-in voting. Is there any state right now where mail-in voting is not allowed? Well, it depends on how you define it. If If you consider an absentee ballot, which is what Idaho has, mm-hmm. Uh, then I think most states do have that. But an absentee ballot, remember, you have to apply for it, and then you have to qualify. You have to uh, you have to provide proof of identification and so on. What the mail-in ballots that are allowed in this this uh, uh, federalization bill is uh, none of the above. They just airdrop millions of these ballots into uh, into mailboxes everywhere without validation that there's even people living there or they're citizens or anything and uh, and so you, your ballot's right there so you just mail it in without qualifying so it's two significantly different things and what they want to do with this bill is is uh, just mass ship ballots out not require the absentee qualification does it seem weird that for the last over a year that Democrats have claimed that this is the best run, most fair election we've ever had, and then a year later claiming, well, we need to change what happens in elections. You know, that came up yesterday in the president's so-called press conference, and a lot of us were astounded that he made that argument because uh, the, the the primary argument they're saying about this, trying to promote this bill, is that, oh, people are constrained and uh and there's, we've got to open things up to allow everyone to vote. Uh, and then, to your point, right out of his mouth yesterday was, uh, uh, you know, hey, I got more votes than anybody in history. And, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't line up. And it, it, I think it exposes the, the truth about what's really going on. This is an effort to try to change things and open them up significantly, remove the ability for states to conduct their elections so that it can be easier manipulated, easier controlled. This is a bad deal. And honestly, this is the one thing. America is is resilient. But this is one thing that if, if this law does get changed, I don't know that we do come back for it because it takes away the uh, the accuracy. It takes away the integrity of our ability to put elected officials in office. And how does it take away the integrity well if you just airdrop for example uh, millions of ballots all over the place to every address to every name you don't validate that there's people there you don't validate that uh, one name comes back more than once uh, then you you lose that integrity you don't have the check and balance you don't have the accountability within your election system and that's what this does it also allows what's called a ballot harvesting approach. And so a, a, a third party can be 
a, a campaign person or a candidate themselves can go out and collect these ballots and turn them in. Well, if they collect these ballots, who's to say that they're going to turn all of them in? Maybe they're just going to turn the ones in they think is, is for them or to their advantage. And so that's what I mean by integrity. If, if this is being pitched as a, a way to make it accessible for everybody, but uh, in, in essence, it's a way to loosen things so much you can't truly get an accurate count of what's coming in. Is there anything in the bills uh, that the Senate is talking about that could receive support from Republicans. I mean, it, it's a big bill, and and there's you know certain things that are saying there's no way that Republicans are going to vote for certain things. But the Mansion yesterday said that he really thinks that if they would piecemeal this together, that there are certain things that Democrats and Republicans would agree on. Um, do you agree with that? And if there are, you specifically, what's your opinion on some of the things that would receive support from Republicans and Democrats? In regard to the federalization, uh, voting federalization bill, I, uh, there's nothing in that that I can think of off the top of my head that I would support. Again, this, this guts the system as we know it. And, it. and when you start taking the state out of the picture, which this definitely does, then you lose me right there. Um, and, and frankly, I think you lose most, if not all, of my colleagues right there. Then the, all the other stuff, loosening of the rules, I, I just don't see it. There might be some ingredient uh, in there that, uh, that might be okay, but I can't identify it if there is. We're talking- uh, I know that Manchin – go ahead. Go ahead. I know that Manchin has made a, a similar comment about the Build Back Better, which is so-called Build Back Better, which is the multiple trillion-dollar spending thing. If you piecemeal that and put it together – then uh, there might be some things, and and you know honestly there is there there's some there's some infrastructure components that may be worthy of consideration, but it's uh, it's so far that bill is so far skewed towards social renewal, social change, and including uh, social things within an infrastructure pack infrastructure package that would need to be to get significant gutting as well. But that's not even to mention the amount of spending and the amount of debt right. that that would incur the American people. We're talking with Congressman Russ Fulcher from Washington D.C. today. We'll take a quick break. Get you caught up with uh, traffic when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about going to war with Russia. That's uh, coming up next here on News Talk KBY. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, talking again with uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher from Washington, D.C. this morning. Uh, Congressman, uh, yesterday, reliable U.S. intelligence uh, saw a report says that Russia preparing to invade the Ukraine capital. Are we going to war with Russia? Well, I don't know the direct answer, but I can tell you that uh, that is a very serious issue. And it seems so far away, and it seems like, uh, why should we care about this? But uh, you remember from our history that uh, there were a couple pretty significant uh, scuffles called World War One and World War Two that, that started in that general region, and it's not unlike what is building up there in in Russia and we have a we have a very aggressive leader of Russia Vladimir Putin 
who has demonstrated that he has an expansionist policy. That means he wants to take over surrounding nations. In my opinion, he wants to get the old Soviet Union band back together. And he's willing to do just about anything if he feels he can get away with it. And, you know, America has been the reason that uh, the European uh, venue and also the rest of the world, for that matter, has generally been at peace because we've got a presence there since World War II. There's a U.S. bases there. And there has been a resolve with American leadership not to allow uh, expansionist policies uh, of one country versus another. And uh, if America wanted to be expansionist, we could have been. We could take over Canada tomorrow. We could take over Mexico tomorrow. But that's not our policy. We truly have been a peacemaker there. And I believe that uh, Vladimir Putin sees a weakness and he is, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but he's probably going to move on it if our intelligence is correct. If it comes down to a vote, will you vote for a declaration of war if necessary? I would if necessary. I, we're not there yet, but um, uh, there's there's a lot of things that have to unfold. So, uh, you know, Chris and uh, Mike, I was I was physically on the uh, on that border in Ukraine uh, less than two years ago, and they had a massive buildup at that time. And myself and a few other members of Congress met with the leadership of Ukraine, and we got the lay of the land there. Uh, Ukraine is far from perfect. They've got incredible corruption, uh, and so and they were of course looking for support to uh, to join NATO and get help from America, and, and we do help them in many ways, but. Uh, you know, we can't just deliver cash because it'll it'll um, uh, it'll be misused. And but my point was that there was tremendous buildup by the Russians then. I mean, they've got a basically a military city on that border. But President Trump was very strong and very uh, uh, forceful, saying, "Don't you dare uh, expand here." And so uh, they haven't. But I believe, especially after yesterday's press conference, when the president wavered on this, when asked the same question you're asking me, basically, and he wavered. And uh, and that could be translated as a green light to Vladimir Putin. We got about 30 seconds here. So just one more quick question before we let you go. Um, say the intel does prove that it is true and they invade the Ukraine capital with nobody wants to go to war what can be done to you know help stop that aside from going to war somebody other than the u.s needs to be should be engaged there should be a nato uh our allies in on the european front uh should be engaged with this they should show a presence there are other forces other than ours i do believe there needs to be a, a a show of force uh, from NATO, not just the U.S., uh, that is on that continent and in that arena, and uh, just send a signal that we're not going to tolerate uh, a, a instable move that could send the whole European continent into conflict. Congressman Russ Fulcher, our time is up today. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes with you. Uh, we'll let you get back to work. Appreciate you uh, talking with us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 
6.35. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We're going to be sending people to Idaho Central Arena at some point. Right now, as a matter of fact. We've got four tickets. You and your family. Boise State's University Hockey Team is in action Friday and Saturday night. We have tickets for you for Saturday night's game. They're taking on Utah Valley University in hockey. If you're a hockey fan or just want to go out and have some fun for a Saturday night, here's your chance for your family to uh, head to see some hockey. Boise State, once again, going to be playing on Saturday night. We're going to give uh, tickets right now. If you're up early, kind of a payoff for you early morning risers. Caller number 6 and caller number 7 right now at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Each, caller 6 and caller 7, will get four tickets to Saturday night's game. Dial carefully. Good luck. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I've been practicing this for 20 years. The antidote that we've seen now, and we have tons and tons of research, is urine therapy. A lot of you, this sounds crazy. This has been around for centuries. We've got documented, published papers on urine. We do. We have this. <clears throat> we uh, talked about this yesterday. That's anti-vax leader Christopher Key talking about what drinking urine can I, uh, do to save you from COVID. I, I think of urine the same as I think of, like, kale. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even if it is good for you, I don't care. It's not good for you. Medical it's experts. not going to change my life one bit. Are now urging people to stop drinking their own urine to cure COVID-19, saying it is bogus and risky treatment that has been promoted online. Doctors caution, it's really, really, three reallys here, bad idea. Not only is so-called urine therapy ineffective against COVID-19, it could make you very sick. The idea of treating ailments with urine dates back to ancient India, Egypt, Greece, and Rome, a 2011 it, medical study it, found. It, it does seem odd, regardless of you know how gross you might uh, want to think of it in detail. Uh, it does seem odd that you would want to put something in your body that was purposely ejected from your body. Because it has toxins and other things like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the next thing, since I mean, since we're bringing this back, I'll bet you bloodletting would really cure COVID fast. If you drank a shot of urine and then had some bloodletting going on... It worked for George Washington. (laughs) Once again... He was not the least bit sick after he died. (laughs) Once again, doctors say, quoting here, do not, I repeat, do not drink urine to treat COVID-19. Dr. John Klein, a kidney specialist uh, from University of Louisville School of Medicine, wrote on Twitter and then said, that is all. Dr. Amanda Torres, physician at Winchester Hospital in Boston... Told USA Today, I've seen a rise in anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists supporting urine, Viagra, and other odd alternatives to the vaccine. See, bloodletting, it should be right in there. I mean, there again, if somebody says, okay, here's your choice, a shot or drink your own urine. It's dangerous. I I would take another shot. Uh, It's it's dangerous, he said. Um, It can affect your health and not in a good way. There are waste properties in urine. It's not something that was designed for human consumption. And there you have it. Well, I don't care. Not I'm not getting vaccinated, so I'm going to start drinking my own urine. <sighs> I've done my research. I've read on the internet. In what lab did you do this research? <laughs> on the internet. 
my internet lab. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you think you think the story yesterday, and it's like, okay, this is stupid. I mean, nobody's doing it. And then it, enough people are doing it now that doctors are having to send out notifications saying not oh, Marine Bob, to do it. Marine Bob says, and how about some poop pudding? If urine therapy works, why wouldn't that work? You just need some anti-vaxxer to get on YouTube and start spreading it out, and I and guarantee somebody will try it. You probably need to completely suppress your gag reflex. <laughs> KPOI News Time, 6.45. Just when I think we can't be any dumber, we do something like this and totally redeem ourselves. I think it's interesting that you're such a, an optimist. <laughs> Let's get a check on sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch. Get in today. They open at 1030 Monday through Saturday for lunch. They're open for dinner. Find out why they were just voted Idaho's number one deli. Not the Treasure Valley, not Meridian. Idaho's number one deli. Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. You know, we don't get football news for Boise State in the middle of January very often, but there was some pretty significant news yesterday when former Boise State standout athlete and coaching staff member Nate Potter told us he's returning to his alma mater as a run game coordinator and tight ends coach. Head coach Andy Avalos made the announcement yesterday saying that Nate Potter will be returning to Boise State after spending the last three seasons at Montana State as their tight ends coach. Potter did spend the 2014 through 17 seasons on the Boise State coaching staff, his first as a quality control assistant, and his final three years here as an offensive graduate assistant. Potter did graduate from Boise State with a degree in history back in 2011. He earned his master's in athletic leadership in 2017. He was also, by the way, selected to the Boise State Athletics Hall of Fame back in 2018. And now Nate Potter back on the staff for the Boise State Broncos as a run game coordinator and tight ends coach. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.57 coming up uh, after top of the hour yesterday. I had a great conversation over the last hour of the show uh, about the homeless encampment and the homeless not having places to go, Interfaith Sanctuary uh, was full over the weekend. However, the Boise Rescue Mission uh, had 150 slots that were open, but apparently some of the homeless don't like some of the rules. Um, we got a lot more emails uh, in yesterday. We're going to get to some of those that we didn't get to before the end of the show. Plus, if you want to weigh in, you can go ahead and give us a call now at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll talk a little bit more about this this morning coming up. Once again, after news at the top of the hour. Still on the way for you today. Uh, we've got more tickets to uh, give away. Congratulations to uh, Cliff and John, winner of the uh, tickets to the Boise State hockey game against Utah Valley University coming up Saturday. More tickets for that on the way this morning. We also have tickets for next week's game uh, with Wyoming at Extra Mile Arena. So another reason to set those speed dials. And, of course, another big reason coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, our Casper and Chris Damn near impossible question. We have a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida to give away. By the way, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Costa Vida, $50 gift certificate for only 25 bucks. It's our half-price sweet deal 
with News Talk KBOI, 9 o'clock tomorrow. Once again, set an alarm or whatever reminder, because if you don't get in at 9, you're probably not going to get it. It is sold out and quickly. You, you definitely want one of these. They're delicious. Which one's the best? Uh, I like the sweet pork burrito. There you go. Great food, but uh, two people in this room all uh, say the sweet pork burrito is <laughs> pretty darn good. Our question today, by the way, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, local company with a global network. And if you have real estate needs, whether buying, selling, or investing, they've got five offices throughout the Treasure Valley, plus one in Sun Valley and in Idaho Falls. Call today, 208-888-4128. Our question, the Crayola Crayon Color Peach was called flesh until 1962 when they felt it was racist to consider that the flesh color. However, they didn't change the uh, Indian red crayon color until 1999. Our question today is, what did Crayola change the name Indian red to in 1999? I'll give you a hint. You hear this name a lot around Christmas time. Be ready to call, <laughs> 8 o'clock hour. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Several homeless people are demonstrating in downtown Boise, and they have no plans to move. They're camping near 6th and Jefferson to highlight the needs of Boise's homeless. Larry Whiston says property values are too high in Boise to build more shelters, forcing the homeless to walk the streets. Interfaith Sanctuary announced Saturday their shelter is overflowing. Interfaith staff had to turn down 20 people seeking shelter that same night. Is Interfaith a resource that you and, and the people here would, would lean on and use? If they had the space and the ability to help us. But the Boise Rescue Mission isn't overflowing like Interfaith. There certainly isn't a shortage, and anyone who would show up at the rescue mission today will be served. Reverend Bill Roscoe says the Boise Rescue Mission can shelter up to 500 people system-wide. They're currently only seeing 350. Roscoe says there's room at all five shelters. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, had a great conversation yesterday. We, we asked people, you know, to call in with their thoughts on how this can be addressed. The homeless people who are camping out said that they're going to stay there until they get some answers to their problems. Um, we got a lot of emails came in toward the end of the show, a lot of phone calls that came in towards the end of the show. Uh, didn't have a chance to get to some of those, so wanted to continue the conversation this morning. Uh, Jeff writes in uh, at uh, Mike at KBOI.com, says, Morning, can you guys comment on what Interfaith Sanctuary's rules are? Why are they full and the Boise Rescue Mission has extra space? Is it because the sanctuary has less stringent rules? I think the rules, uh, as was mentioned by the Rescue Mission, represent, was very respectful and reasonable. Mm-hmm. Thanks, have a great day. Yeah, I, I mean... Some people made it sound like that, you know, drug drug use and alcohol use runs rampant at which rescue mission, which, which isn't which, true. Which apparently it doesn't. And you mean the interfaith sanctuary? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and not at re- at the rescue mission that there are rules at the, the rescue biggest, mission that you can't drink and can't do drugs. Right. Well, they have the same rules at interfaith <laughs> sanctuary. The biggest difference I could see between the two is that one is uh, interfaith and one is exclusively Christian. But they will help anybody, and that were that was some of the input that we got yesterday mm-hmm. was that maybe some people don't like to have religion shoved down your throat. I I don't know how you do that. You know you you can choose to accept 
what you may be listening to or or not but you're you're be giving you're be giving food three meals mm-hmm. a day um a warm place yeah warm I, bed for your family one thing the woman who was uh interviewed yesterday you know one of the homeless people who's camping there uh one thing she didn't say is what would what answer would satisfy them you know what is it exactly that they want the city or the county or whoever to provide she didn't really have an you know an answer she didn't have a list no. yeah she just said we need answers well to what <laughs> i don't know um Another email uh, in no name on this one uh, says, uh, when we just allow people to overdose and die on the streets, to somewhat reiterate what was said yesterday's program, if there's a program already in place to give food, shelter, and bed to people that are facing this type of situation, and there are rules in place to help them if they have drug or alcohol addictions, but they choose not to accept that, I feel that the only other solution is, unfortunately, to put them in jail and force them to stop drugs or alcohol. If that's not done, we're going to have a situation like they have in Oregon or in Southern California, I think, um, just jumping on our heartstrings and saying that we aren't showing compassion is mindless. Yeah. However, let's say that you are of a mind to help the poor. Uh, Let's let's say that, you know, you you don't count on government to do it. You do it yourself. Uh, Do you only... You only help those that seem worthy of it, or do you just help everybody without judgment? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, Jan in Boise writes, good morning. I know there's a limited affordable housing in the Valley. Isn't part of the problem also that apartment applications are overflowing? Managers get the pick of the litter. If you say your previous address is homeless, landlords or apartments pull credit reports, which would you choose? Somebody who's had a job and lived previously in another apartment or somebody who said that they're homeless? Yeah, you're. That's probably a great point. I mean, there's so many people trying to find affordable places for rent. You know, the lower end go. Yeah, I don't. I don't think if you were a, really quick. If you were a human resources person, I don't think you could justify uh, hiring somebody who was homeless. You know, to your yeah to your bosses. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, if it, it comes down to if you have a choice, it, it's the same with anything. You have a group of people who have you know applied. You're going to give who you think is going to be the best risk, yeah. not not the worst risk. A guy that I know because you are a business who hired hundreds of people over the years at uh, a uh, facility in Washington D.C. Uh, said that. Uh, uh, what was it he said? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to word it, uh, but uh, no. Essentially, he said that the only thing he has to look at is your past behavior. Right. And so what he wants to judge is, is this a person I can count on to make good decisions? And if you have a number of bad decisions in your past, his answer is no. And keep in mind, once again, um, due to renter's rights, it, it just how hard it is to get somebody out of an apartment yeah. if all of a sudden they stop paying rent. So you want the person who is going to be the best risk to be in that place. You know, you as a business is going to pick that well, person. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to play the odds no matter yeah. what you do. Uh, Chris and Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. So I was thinking about the homeless when you guys were talking about it, and I happened to know some people. They, there's a crisis center in Caldwell where, like, anybody can go to, and they uh, 
that you have in problems, let's say your medicine or living, place to live or mental health, you can go there, it's free. And you go there and they sign you up and they talk to you about your situation, whether you're homeless or any medicine, etc. And they'll set you up with all the resources in this region from Caldwell all the way into Boise with different things you can get your hand on to help you. And as far as like hiring people, I hire You cut out there. You, you hire who? Oh, did we lose him? Chris, I think we may have lost you. Oh, he's back. There, uh, you cut out there. What were you saying as far as uh, hiring people? Well, we I hire people all the time at work, and I know that the decision-making process for hiring people really doesn't handle yeah, or anywhere else. In fact, we don't even we don't even we don't really look at their living status when we're hiring someone. Hmm. We look at like their skills, their abilities, and their ability to get to work and play a part in helping whatever project people are working on. Right, right. Uh, um, I, I do think it's really unfortunate that there is a lot more homeless now than there used to be in Idaho. Uh, they've dealt with, like, housing crises with prisoners that are coming out of prison with, like, halfway houses and things like that. And, I mean, they share rooms, from what I understand, for, like, $300, $400 a month, and they share yeah. a room with someone. Yeah. It would be kind of cool if they had something like that for people that didn't have a lot of money and they didn't have to be people coming out of prison. Um, and I know that those halfway houses make money. So I mean, it's not like it's it's a discounted living area. We used to have a larger living situation with halfway houses in the Boise area, too. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have as many I as we that, used to. I thought they were nonprofit. They are nonprofit. Um, they're nonprofit, and, but there's a certain criteria you have to meet to even go in there. Um, a lot of them are, none of them are usually deemed homeless because they're going in there. Right. They're going there because they have, they're on parole or probation. Chris, we're so, up uh, you know against I mean? a, a time crunch here. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your thoughts. Appreciate it. KBY News Time 716. Let's get a quick check on what's going on with sports. Once again, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Jelly and Meridian. Get in today. Lunch. For dinner, soup season, especially today with the snow expected, get in and try some delicious soup from Fat Guys Fresh Deli. We've got basketball again tonight. The Boise State's men's basketball team, they will go for their 11th win in a row tonight when they play at Utah State in Logan. The Broncos will try to stay perfect in Mountain West play tonight in Logan. Coach Rice talked about what concerned him most about the Aggies. They're really heady players, and they pass the ball and share the ball, and they're one of the top teams in the country in assists. You know, we have to be able to, to shut off that a little bit. You can't have them getting 18 assists because that means they got a lot of field goals and a lot of threes probably. Utah State is 1-4 and four in the Mountain West and has struggled to shoot the three in conference games, making just 19%. You can hear more from Coach Rice on Inside Bronco Basketball tonight at 5.30. That'll be followed by the game at 6.30, both on 670 KBOI. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. By the way, the women's basketball team also won their game last night. They defeated Wyoming 70-59 to at Extra Mile Arena. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 
Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk about your money or lack of money. The uh, Dow has been down over 900 or nearly 900 points over the last two days. Uh, yesterday at this time, we were about the same place we are right now, up about 124 points. Uh, did not end the day well. And yesterday, the NASDAQ officially entered correction territory. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's one thing I want to talk about. Because here's the, here's the deal. When we're talking about these headlines, and, and Mike, you're absolutely right, covering, covering those numbers. Hey, start to the year is, uh, has not hit the expectations that maybe some people had, or maybe it did meet expectations. But when you hear the word correction, you know, it kind of, especially in the, the headlines of market pundits and, you know, financial news outlets and things like that, it kind of, it makes, it unnerves you a little bit, but let's talk about what a correction is and really what's going on here. So a correction is when you have a decline of a stock index of 10% or more. So the NASDAQ hit its high, I think it was back in October of 2021. So we've pulled back, it's pulled back 10% since then. But you got to factor in the backdrop here. The Federal Reserve, they're going to lift short-term interest rates. And they've already said that they're going to reduce its bond portfolio. So what does this do? It puts less money, less liquidity in the bond market. It lowers bond prices. When you have a lower bond price, their yield inevitably goes up. Now, the equity market has to reprice based on that. And what is the sector that is very... I guess subject to these type of moves is the high flying technology stocks, which primarily makes up the NASDAQ. So the market's been really trying to find its footing. I know this sounds redundant here, but they're really trying to find their footing on repricing these stocks because these things just crushed it the past two years. So seeing a correction, seeing a little bit of red in your portfolio, never fun, but looking, let's look at, at some history here. So going back to 1926. Okay. So way back looking at three-year periods for U.S. stocks where you've had significant outperformance like we've had. So if you look from 2019 to 2021, the average annual return for U.S. stocks was over 26%. Okay. Now, if you look at the following three-year return, when you go back to these positive years, I won't, I'll spare you all the numbers, but the average three-year return for the next three years, so think of 2022, 2023, and 2024, that's what we're looking at, the average return is over 10%. There's still tons of money sitting on the sideline for corporations and consumers in money market accounts. So yes, we're having a little bit of market turbulence to kick the year off. There's some repricing happening, but let's imagine that this kind of settles down, right? A lot of those program trades are out of the way. Corporate earnings continue to flow in We and those start to beat expectations. We see some decent economic growth. True, it might be slowed down. We could continue to see the uh, market have legs, but right now it's just market trying to figure out, uh, trying to price in these interest rate hikes. So the Fed is going to pay it, play a big part right. this year, like it did last year. If there is a Russian invasion of the Ukraine, uh, what does an event like that generally do to the market? It's really tough to predict that because I mean we're talking geopolitical items. You know, it, it's safe to assume that, hey, the market will probably have a knee-jerk reaction depending on how that news is delivered and what the specifics are. Um, so I, I would expect you would probably see a, a, a bit of a risk-off event depending on it. But, you know, prediction on that side, tough to say because we don't know the exact specifics uh, of what that would act, what that fruition would be. 
Um, but I, w- I would expect uh, the market to be rattled a little bit. Hey, market likes certainty. They like predictability. So when we're talking issues with geopolitic co- ge- geopolitical conflicts. Generally doesn't bode well. But there's some certain sectors that could, certainly, like aer- aerospace, defense, things like that. All right, Jeremiah Bates, uh, we're up over 100 points on the Dow. Standard & Poor is up. I haven't seen what the NASDAQ is uh, currently doing. Uh, as of right now, but at least right it's, now, it's correcting. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pulling out of correction. It's try it's trying its it's best to get its head above water. We're up about 150 <laughs> points in in futures trading. Oh, right now, okay, well, so that's good. Yep. So everything pointing to at least at the open being good news. We'll find out in an hour again if that is true when we check in with you here again on News Talk KBOI. Thanks, gents. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to uh, Eddie Zamora from Fruitland. Picked up the four tickets to uh, see the Boise State Broncos take on the uh, Utah Valley Valley, University. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you get that. (laughs) Get that correct. Um, in hockey on Saturday night. Um, don't worry if you didn't get through. Thank you, by the way, um, Eddie, for listening in Fruitlandia. Um, we'll have uh, another pair of tickets yet still on the I way for you this morning. never been to a college hockey game before, have you? I have. Yeah, I have actually watched uh, the uh, Boise State game hmm. uh, a couple of times, as a matter of fact. Club sported Boise State. I've actually in the past had a couple of really, really good uh, teams, as a matter of fact. Um, we'll have another pair of tickets for that to come up. We've got Boise State tickets as they take on uh, Wyoming next week at home, Extra Mile Arena. That's still on the way before we get done this morning, so keep that phone number locked in at 208-336-3700. John and Meridian uh, writes in this morning, email, uh, so you don't want Boise to be Portland, Seattle, or Los Angeles? Well, it's going to be that way. Whenever you have a liberal induction center, i.e. Boise State with all the bleeding heart liberals, you will get Portland, Seattle, and Los Angeles. Boise is a left-leaning city. Good luck, but I fear it's too late for us. That's John and um, Left, Left-leaning city is kind of redundant because most big cities are somewhat left-leaning, and then the rural areas are not. Uh, John writes in and says, up here in the Seattle, in Tacoma, they are testing a pilot program which pays homeless to pick up trash and debris from city streets and public areas. This started April of last year. Well, and that's essentially giving somebody a job, not a really highly skilled job, but just giving them something to do. And in this case, picking up trash from, you know, areas. I mean, if, you, if you've seen some of those areas, it's also, just yeah, filled with trash. Definitely a public service. Yeah, picking up after themselves and paying for, for it. I, it'll be interesting to watch and see if this is something that actually uh, does work. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700. We are talking uh, about stupid things and um, how they uh, treat COVID, and that was drinking urine. Um, no name on this. I take that back. Damon uh, writes in, the Viagra rumor is based on reality. They have used it a few times. Being a vasodilator, it has worked on people um, who are losing blood flow to their lungs. And I did look this up after um, last hour when we heard about this. And there is a uh, nurse here just recently who claimed it saved her life when they started uh, to give her Viagra. She was on a ventilator, and within 72 hours, she came off the ventilator, and she claimed it was because of the Viagra. However, it's a treatment. Once you get COVID, it doesn't protect you from getting Uh COVID. Like the urine drinkers claim that if you drink your own urine, you won't 
I don't know even how that would even work. How many of them are there, by the way? Uh, apparently enough for a doctor, you know, for doctors to start saying, stop doing this. I, w- I thought the same as you yesterday when I said, well, it must just be this one big idiot who is uh, saying it. And apparently there's enough people that have started doing it that doctors thought that it was important, you know, to maybe stop doing it mm-hmm. and telling people that it's a bad idea. I, know, on, my, the, on the space station, they, they recycle it, but they put it through... A recycling process. And it comes back just as water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to go into Darwinism on this. Let these people delete themselves from the gene pool so they don't breed and produce more idiots. It's just a small part. Maybe a bigger than a small part, but that's... <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's kind of the last straw where you say, okay, that's it. That's I it. hope you go people ahead. just breed yourself out of, out of existence. Uh, the Dow, by the way, up 197 points since the opening. So it's looking good so far. But things can change quick. We'll keep you updated throughout the day. Time for an update on sports, by the way, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Then you can get in for lunch today. Get it soup, salad, sandwich, any one of those. And remember, any sandwich can also be turned into a wrap or a salad at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. We'll start with basketball. The women's basketball team got a big home win last night, beating Wyoming 70-59. to The Broncos trailed heading into the fourth quarter 48-42 to and outscored the Cowgirls 28-11 to over the last eight minutes. Boise State made eight of its last ten shots, while the Bronco defense held Wyoming to just one out of their last seven. Coach Gordy Presnell was pleased with the way his team closed out the game. You know, we've had, what, six games go down to the last you know, uh, minute or so, and I thought we executed and we hit free throws, and uh, it's just it was a good effort by our players. Four players were in double figures for the Broncos. Mary Kay Nero had 14, Dominic Leonidas 13, Rachel Bowers 12, and Elodie Lalotte had 10. Boise State's women will host Colorado State Saturday afternoon. Bob Beeler, Newstalk, KBOI. Now there's more basketball tonight. This for the men's basketball team, though. They'll go for 11 in a row tonight when they take on Utah State over in Logan. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 752-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and participate in the show, you can also do that by emailing us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, while we're on the subject of stupid people you know, doing stupid things, aren't we always medicinally this morning? Uh, another story to add on to the uh, drinking urine to treat COVID and to stop you from getting COVID. We've already established this morning that doctors are telling you not to do it. It is dangerous. Um, it, you would think it would go without saying uh, to tell people not to cook your chicken in NyQuil. <laughs> but, now that's what I hadn't heard of before. Uh, apparently it's a new TikTok trend. Mm-hmm. It's called Sleepy Chicken. And doctors are raising concerns over the new Sleepy Chicken trend where people cook and marinate chicken what, um, using NyQuil. What is the advantage to cooking chicken in NyQuil as opposed to just swallowing NyQuil? Um, I'm not quite sure because the whole thing is just stupid no argument there i mean maybe they're thinking that they can save time the problem is that people are putting in in some cases 
half to a full bottle of NyQuil in, in their chicken. Take a listen. Got sick last night, so I'm cooking up some NyQuil chicken. Usually I use about, you know, four-thirds of the bottle. Season that NyQuil in there just at the right temperature. Oh, sometimes this steam really makes you sleepy. Whew. What you're looking for is that blue color right there. And boom, NyQuil chicken. Um, or he uses four-thirds of a bottle? The, <laughs> the stupidity right there. Um, what is four-thirds? <laughs> I think he probably meant three-fourths, but I don't know. Use four-thirds of a bottle, and apparently, I, I think maybe what it is, because NyQuil doesn't taste good. You've had NyQuil before, right? I don't think it's most kinda, people... It's kind of a licorice flavor, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and black licorice, not the good licorice, black licorice kind of flavor. So maybe the, the chicken can balance out the, the taste of the of the NyQuil. But once again, I mean, it seems like it should go without saying that don't do it. But doctors now are warning... You should not be braising your chicken or anything, for that matter, in cold and flu remedy products. Certain things you just don't feel like, or you, you never guessed that uh, they would be necessary to say. Like, tell people, hey, don't drink your own urine. Hey, you don't need to cook chicken in NyQuil. Or this one, Dr. Jeff Foster says social media should never be used as a source of medical information. It tends to bring out the worst in some some cases. Uh, in the case of NyQuil chicken is no different. The idea that by saturating any food product in a medicine, believing that it will provide some novel health benefit or cure is not just stupid, but incredibly dangerous. Dr. Aaron Hartman, a physician and assistant clinical professor of, professor of family medicine at Virginia Commonwealth University, um, said why the uh, trend is dangerous. When you cook cough medicine like NyQuil, you'll boil off all the water and alcohol in it, leaving the chicken saturated with just a super concentrated amount of drugs in the meat. Why do I feel like that's not going to dissuade them? If your family is sick... Don't do that. There's a huge amount of drugs in there. Definitely don't be giving this to your kids. I mean, if, if you're going to you know, do it and, and, like I said, delete your own self from the gene pool, go ahead and, and do that. But don't think, hey, my family is sick, so I'm going to f- fry up some sleepy chicken with NyQuil tonight. <laughs> Wow, just some crazy, crazy it's, it's, stupid. It's okay people. to use these things that are over the counter, um, you know, by doing what it says on the side of the bottle. All these people we're talking about—if you're drinking your own urine or making sleepy chicken—that uh, definitely falls into the heading of knuckleheads in the news. I would say so. Don't. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless stock uh, market. Uh, all indexes are up this morning. The Dow is up over 300 points as of right now. They're just setting us up for bad news, I'm sure. I mean, it's happened uh, almost every day this week. We start out early in the morning during our show doing well, and then for some reason, after we get done, stock market goes kablooey over the last two days, uh, over nine, uh, close to 900 points lost on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. But yeah. looks like people are, are buying back. We'll keep you updated throughout the uh, morning here. Um, in other good news uh, for money, at least the beginning of what looks like to be good news, uh, after about uh, an hour's worth of testimony earlier this week, for and against, a House committee voted along party lines with uh, just the panel's two Democratic members 
objecting to pass House Bill 436, the big new income tax cut and rebate bill, send it out to the full House for a vote. If approved, it would become the largest tax cut in Idaho's history at $600 million, surpassing last year's similar tax cut legislation. The bill includes $350 million in one-time rebates for everybody who has filed taxes and $251 million in ongoing income tax rate reductions for individuals and uh, corporations. Uh, Representative Mike Moyle of STAR uh, responding to concerns raised in the hearing that Idaho needs property tax relief more than it needs another income tax cut. He says we can do both, but right now we're talking about income tax, then we can talk about property tax. It wasn't anybody's priority necessarily, but at least they've got it out of the way. Representative uh, Lauren Nekachia, Democrat of Boise, who, by the way, we're going to be talking to on the way here in just about half an hour, Mm -hmm. said that this is not the priority of Idahoans, and it is just too lopsided. The money we're working with here does not come from income tax. In fact, it's a big chunk of comes from online sales tax that everybody pays that. The measure would also consolidate Idaho's five income tax brackets to four and lower the rates for all of them, with the top rate dropping from 6.5 to 6%. Representative Tammy Nichols said, uh, like Nekochia, that... She's had zero people ask me for this type of income tax reduction. (laughs) She said she's heard from many Idahoans asking for property tax relief, however, and grocery tax relief, and she would hope that there would be room for more cuts. So what we're doing then is is solving a problem that's adjacent to the actual problem. (laughs) Uh, Possibly. However, using that argument just doesn't necessarily seem like a good argument, you know, because there's there's another thing going through... Um, right now, a panel of lawmakers introducing a resolution that would have flags flown at half-staff one day a year in recognition of abortions that have been performed since the medical procedure became legal nearly 50 years ago. How many people are calling their legislators and saying, hey, we need one day where we have to fly our flags half-staff for abortions? Well, now that somebody's come up with the idea, people might. <laughs> but I don't think people are calling their congressman as 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 a main not, priority. Not, not specifically, no. Yeah. By the way, what what does this mean for you and I? A family of four with sixty thousand in income would get a rebate of uh, about between three hundred four hundred seventy dollars. The minimum they would get is seventy five dollars per person, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Idaho families in twenty nineteen had a medium income of just over sixty six thousand dollars. So if you have a family of four, you could be looking somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred dollars in a one-time tax, or a family of six, you could have a income tax rebate of four to five hundred dollars. Yeah, beats a poke in the eye of the sharp stick. Get you that new TV. I guarantee the the people who are loving this are, are people who have items that sell between three hundred and yeah, five hundred dollars, exactly. um, and you're probably going to see a whole bunch of sales if, if you own a store. You should be happy every time the government sends people money because then they have money and they'll come to your store and spend it. They usually spend it. When they don't have money, they don't spend it, and you don't get it. Um, This still has some steps to go through, but the fact that this has happened at the beginning of the legislature so quickly probably lends credence because in an election year, who's against, you know, getting money back from the government or getting a tax cut? You know, even though 
you may not be asking, calling your legislature, uh, you know, and legislators and asking for a tax rebate. In an election year, tax cuts are not bad because it gets used as a, as a tool all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's still some steps to go through. To become law, the bill will uh, still have to pass the full House, clear a Senate committee, and pass the full Senate, and then be signed into law by the governor. It would take effect immediately, though. That's the good news with the rate reductions retroactive to January 1st. All right. Uh, Leroy wrote in to say, letting them take their stupidity of drinking urine to their own demise. I think if you make a comment like that on Facebook, you will be put in Facebook jail for a while. Yeah, anytime on Facebook or Twitter, if you make a comment that whatever people are doing that you hope they do it to death, yes, they will kick you out for about a week. (laughs) That sounds like experience talking there, Chris. Uh. Yeah, I've heard about it from a friend. <laughs> You've heard about it. <laughs> uh, Curtis writes in, NyQuil chicken doesn't surprise me. People actually believe the COVID vaccine works. People are so gullible. And once again, this is why you have people drinking their own urine and serving up NyQuil chicken now, in, because of comments like that. In, in, in my own case, uh, my personal physician has told me that the vaccine works and the NyQuil chicken doesn't. So weird. Now, have you done your own research and looked on the internet? Because I think nope. I think it, you would find differently unless, if you uh, would do your own research. Unless they explained it during a commercial of a TV show I was watching, the answer is no. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, coming up here next, we have a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida that we'll be giving away with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Uh, then just to give you a, a look ahead, uh, we will be talking with Idaho legislators again today when the legislation or when the legislature is in session. Uh, as per usual, we talk to some of the lawmakers every Thursday and Friday. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with uh, representatives. We've got Lauren, uh, Lauren Nekochia of District 19 in Boise on the way at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, Republican Representative Joe Palmer uh, about uh, quarter to uh, 9 o'clock coming in today from District 20 in Meridian. So that's all on the way for you. As I mentioned, up next, $50 Costa Vida gift certificate. That will be happening right after Bronco Sports today. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 824, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. A $50 gift certificate. Costa Vita is up for grabs. Lindsay is going to get the first crack at it. Lindsay, the Crayola crayon color peach was called flesh up until 1962 when they felt it was racist to consider the flesh color. However, they didn't change the name uh, Indian Red crayon color until 1999. What did Crayola change the name Indian Red to in 1999? I think it is chestnut. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, that was our hit. Chestnut is what they officially changed the name to. Lindsay, congratulations. You now have a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. It's all yours. Hang on the line for us, okay? Thank you. All right. One more day of getting a chance at Costa Vida. Now, that's for the free Costa Vida. Tomorrow, everybody will have a chance at Costa Vida beginning at 9 o'clock. Don't forget our sweet deal. Our KBOI sweet deal goes on sale 9 o'clock sharp. And this has sold out very quickly every every time we've done it. Costa Vida, very popular. So get in at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Just go to KBOI.com. Click on the sweet deal link. 
And uh, if you're in there soon enough, you'll have a chance to get that $50 gift certificate for only $25. Heck, you could buy more than one if you would like. Mm. I think that's probably what a lot of people do and why it goes so quickly. So just be ready. KBOI.com, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. KBOI News Time is 825. Coming up next, we talk to Idaho legislators. Today, uh, we'll talk to uh, legislators in the House of Representatives. That'll be coming up to news at the bottom of the hour. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature. All of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. He is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. It is 837. And on the phone with us this morning, Representative Lauren Nekochia, District 19 in Boise, second term, is a member of the House Commerce and Human Resources Committee, House Environment, uh, Energy and Technology Committee, House Revenue and Taxation Committee, and the House Ways and Means Committee. Busy. Is there a committee you're not on? <laughs> um, just being part of leadership that adds on that extra committee. Uh, ways and means, but also I seem to have a lot of committees with long names. Uh, Representative, thanks for taking a few minutes with uh, us here this morning. Uh, I guess the big news this week was the Idaho House panel passing the record tax cut bill. Um, we'll be sending it to the uh, full House. However, you have some reservations. I have serious reservations. You know, I had a lot of hopes coming into this session. We have strong revenues, which meant we could finally deliver some broadly shared goals for Idahoans, like buying down our property taxes, repealing the sales tax on groceries, and, you know, keeping our schools strong, which also in turn helps us reduce the number of bonds and levies we need to pay. Um, so this is a huge disappointment because this is not the, you know, the tax bill that Idahoans are asking for, and it's very lopsided. So the top 1%, they can expect a one-time check of $8,000 and an ongoing benefit of about $5,000 a year. You know, Idahoans with modest wages will get $75 and n- little to no ongoing benefit. Is there anything uh, going through right now that's about property taxes? There's nothing going through about property taxes. And if this bill passes, it's going to sweep a lot of possibilities off the table. You know, for a long time, we've been wanting to increase the property tax assistance for seniors. Seniors are definitely getting taxed out of their houses. Uh, last year's bill from the GOP cut some seniors out of the program to pay for a tiny, tiny increase um, in the maximum assistance available, um, but it was not good enough, and that's not how we should pay for it. We have dollars on the table to help Idahoans with property tax, but instead they want to ram, you know, ram this other thing through um, <laughs> with <laughs> these big rebates and big checks for people at the top, and also uh, a bit, there's a big corporate tax cut, the biggest, deepest corporate tax cut we've had this century. Now, um, as far as the uh, property taxes go, it was it was looked at and actually, you know, at, at the last session last year, um, and there's criticism now that it's been put in practice um, that it made things possibly even worse. Um, what what are the drawbacks from last year's property tax? Yeah, I mentioned the big one that they kicked seniors off of the property tax assistance program. Um, they um, they they basically um, kind of strangled local governments. There's you know a small town Greenleaf in Idaho that wanted to welcome a new housing development that would build more houses that we absolutely need, but it, that's such a small town that the percentage increase of um, 
of taxable value and, and the new residence was too high because we have this artificial cap in that old bill of how fast you can grow your property tax budget. If they'd been able to say yes to development, build these new houses, tax rates actually would have gone down for everyone, but they couldn't keep up with their law enforcement needs uh, if uh, they, with the 8% cap and still build those additional houses. So they had to say no. So it's messing with home builders, <laughs> messing with all kinds of things and only gave a nod to increasing our homeowner's exemption. We used to have a homeowner's exemption that went up when home values went up. This helped protect residents. Um, in 2016, the GOP decided to cap that homeowner's exemption. Meanwhile, now home prices have exploded. We have a capped homeowner's exemption. They nudged it up a tiny bit last year, but it's not nearly enough to account for the, gro the growth in housing prices. So residents are really being squeezed while commercial property taxes are going down um, every year in areas that are fast growing, which is certainly this study. Before the session began, you had mentioned that you were uh, somewhat optimistic about uh, something happening in regard to education. Are you still in what's happened so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we'll be able to put more funding into schools. It's so needed. We have a patchwork of haves and have-nots when it comes to uh, full-day kindergarten. Um, in some places, if your school is, if you're lucky enough to have a school offer, you might have to pay for it. Um, and that's not what public education is about. And we know just the results are so strong when we can get kids in a full day of kindergarten instead of just two and a half hours. Um, they're reading better. They're getting better results. So I'm I'm excited about that, um, but I want to make sure we 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 tend to these other priorities as well, like putting more dollars back into the hands of regular working Idahoans. And I'm just afraid this tax bill, like you said, is historic because it's so expensive. I don't know if the Idaho legislature has ever thrown so much money, six hundred million dollars, at something Idahoans clearly don't want. Um. Is there a way, I mean, this is an election year and, uh, you know, a reduction in taxes is always a good talking point from people who are up for re-election. Do you see a way to get the income tax reduction and rebates, property taxes uh, looked at, and then getting rid of sales tax on groceries? Do you see a way clear to do all three of those things possibly? The math doesn't add up, especially if we are going to do these things that we we, we actually, it's nice that it's, you know, it's, it's nice that we're prioritizing schools, but we have to prioritize schools because they're hemorrhaging staff and teachers. They just can't, can't keep up wage-wise and the work has become so hard. Um, it's just really about the math. You, you throw $600 million at the door. I don't see the math to also repealing the sales tax on groceries, which is something that Idahoans want and I would love uh, to deliver. I'm working on a, you know, have the, the, the bills pretty much written and just working through the process to do that. Um, but I'm um, almost positive it's not going to get a hearing. One last question before you let you go. Um, what do you see as the probability of this getting passed and signed by the governor? Um, it's fast tracked and, 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 and moving fast. I think that's the point. Um, this like you said, it's a, it's an election year, so I think they're thinking that they they can get out checks fast to Idahoans. That's going to make them want to vote a certain way, probably in the Republican primary in May. Um, so I think that's the design behind it. Um, I think, but but missing out, and I think Idahoans can see through that. I can see that. I think they can see that what they actually really need is meaningful reduction in their property taxes, and to no longer pay the sales tax on groceries. So I, I think Idahoans will see through it. Um, but this bill is is moving fast, and I, 
I would just hope I would hope that we would slow down and look at all of the options on the table, but that doesn't seem to be what they want to do. Representative Laura Nekochia, District 19 of Boise, thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. I'm sure before the uh, session is over, we'll have another chance to talk to you again. But thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 8.50, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and now on the phone line with us this Thursday morning as we uh, talk to Idaho legislators, we have uh, Representative Joe Palmer, District 20 in Meridian, 7th term, Chair of the House Transportation and Defense Committee, Member of the House Business Committee, and the House State Affairs Committee. Thanks for being with us this morning. Good morning, thank you for having me. All right, let's uh, continue talking about uh, some of the uh, biggest action in the legislature this week. Uh, the Idaho House panel passing the record tax cut bill, sending it to the uh, full House. And uh, your thoughts? Well, I'm obviously supportive of it. I think it's a great idea. The state has taken in too much money. We need to give some of it, as much of it back as possible to the people. So it's, I think it's a great bill. Um, there's always more. We need to always continue on and do everything we can, but this is a good starting point. You introduced a bill this week to forbid any uh, local government in Idaho from regulating fees or deposits for residential rental property. Uh, why, in particular, did you did you concentrate on that? Oh, I think it's a good for it's a good bill for business uh, business decisions, and whenever a business can do well, the people can do well. Um, currently, they can't. The governments cannot regulate rent. And there's also on top of the rent, there's also these fees and deposits, which we are seeing government starting to uh, step into that alley of controlling those. And I just think it's a really bad idea. Whenever government starts controlling a business, it's not good for anybody in the end. So I'm just supportive of it on a business aspect. Uh, previously uh, to talking to you, we talked with Representative Nekochia, and uh, she said that Idahoans don't want a tax rebate and tax cut on their income taxes that she's the people she talks to anyway are saying that they would rather have property taxes cut and we ask her and i'll ask you the same question is there a way um to do both or actually all three because we're, we're getting people that are saying that they'd love to get rid of the sales tax also and we've even talked to some of the legislators who have said that one of their priorities is getting rid of the uh, grocery sales tax this year. Is there a way to get all three of these if the current form of the tax cut goes through and is passed and signed into law? Well, I mean, there's always going to be different angles and different ways of working with the taxes. I'm definitely not the one that's an expert on them. I'm always going to be supportive of lower or less taxes. Um, I... I think that's interesting that she would say that people didn't want their income tax. That's a new one to me. I've never talked to anyone in my life. I went to them and said, would you like your income tax lowered? They said, no, I want to pay more in income tax. So everyone I know is happy to have their income tax lowered. I personally would really like to see property taxes lowered. That's a complicated issue because you're involving more than just the state. The state really doesn't have a lot that they can do with that. I mean, there are certain things. We do set the rules and regulations with it, but the local governments do that. And so it's hard, but I think, to me, that's the most unfair tax there is, and I'd like to get lower it or get rid of property tax altogether. 
can the legislature, can the Idaho legislature do anything about the homeless problem in the state? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, <clears throat> sure. We, we didn't have I mean, you on here to ask easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the easy ones, but thanks. I mean, there's, you know, there's always things that can be done. And sometimes people insinuate that we don't care. Everyone cares. Everyone has different ways of doing things. Um, I don't have all the answers. I certainly don't have the answers for that. But if there's something that we can do to help, I'm let's just go back to the bill that, you know, people are talking about that I just ran that has fees and deposits. I think if you make it easier for builders to come in or developers and run their property, um, the competition is going to drive prices down. Right now, prices are going up because there's, you know, there's not enough apartments to go around. And so, you know, supply and demand is going to run it. So when the government steps in and makes it so it's less business friendly, then they're not likely to invest in that. So we need to make it more business friendly. And so they're more likely to invest. Right now, they're building apartments as seems to be like as fast as they can all across this valley. So we obviously have a huge influx of people. So I think, you know, by government stepping out of the way in some situations like this one is the right thing to do. Are you are you generally uh, not in favor of uh, anti-gouging type of laws? You know, I I think we have laws on the books that will deal with that. I certainly think that we have some bad players that do things that they shouldn't do, and I'm supportive of whatever we can do to deal with that, but we just need to be careful and not... If you have one bad player, you don't take out all the good players because you have one bad player. So you get it, you need to be more specific when you're targeting those kind of things. So I'm not against it. I just want to be careful with it. You had uh, mentioned that the uh, state doesn't have a lot of control when it comes to property taxes. Um, you know, the, the, st- the state legislators, of course, did address property taxes last year, and some people claim that that fix was probably worse than what we had before. Um, and this is your own opinion. What would you say is one thing that the state could do that would most help when it comes to property taxes here for Idahoans? That's one that I'm going to be really careful with, where I am not the expert on the property tax. I mean, I would like, I mean, it needs to be spread out over everybody as even as possible. But putting a cap on it at some point, but you have to be careful how the caps work too, is what I would prefer, how much they can go up per year. Um, I would like to see some sort of a cap, but that, you know, there's caveats. There's all kinds of complicated things that come into that with new construction and commercial and residential and you know, really, I, you know, I hate to say I'm not going to answer the question, but there's people that are way better experts when it comes to property tax. Once again, Representative Joe Palmer, District 20 in Meridian, thanks for being with us uh, this morning. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again, possibly, before the end of the uh, session, but appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us this morning. You bet. Thanks for having me. KBY News Time is 8 57. We'll take a break. We have news coming up here at the top of the hour. Um, our phone lines uh, open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You know, before we, I say their phone lines are open, uh, let's go ahead and fill them right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, I have a pair of tickets. Boise State University hockey team is uh, going to be taking on the uh, Utah State 
University uh, hockey team. And uh, you have Utah Valley, sorry, Utah Valley University. Um, we've got tickets for Saturday night's game. It's a family four-pack of tickets. Caller number six right now at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Might want to lock those into your speed dial, too. We still have some more winning coming your way uh, this morning. Who is our winner for the uh, Boise State hockey tickets? Lonnie, is that what it was? Yeah, Lonnie, congratulations. Um, We'll have more of those tickets coming up tomorrow morning for Saturday night's game. Boise State, once again, will be taking on Utah Valley University uh, here in Boise. You have a chance for a pack of tickets tomorrow morning, but still before 10 o'clock this morning, going to hook you up with uh, some basketball tickets. Boise State's number one in the Mountain West. Kind of shocking to say that after the way they started out the first part of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're playing some really good basketball. You have a chance to see them when they come back home after their two-game two game road trip, which continues tonight against Utah State. They will be back against Wyoming on the 25th, and we have a pair of those tickets coming up here uh, that we'll give away before 10 o'clock this morning from News Talk KBOI. Um, some emails uh, that have come in, haven't had a chance to get to uh, so far uh, this morning. Um, one coming in uh, from Mike. Uh, this is uh, email in. One key difference between Interfaith Sanctuary and the rescue mission is the qualifications guests must meet to stay. Interfaith has few qualifications as long as guests do not steal, act violently, or damage property, loiter, or return by a certain time, they can stay at Interfaith. The rescue mission is a high barrier shelter where there are more rules they must follow, including eating meals with the organization, changing clothes at night, and turning the lights out at a certain time. With the rescue mission being like going to jail, its 150 openings are not all that surprising. What would Jesus have done? Become a dictator? Not likely. That's from Mike. All right. I would wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, Jesus had very strict rules. I mean, it's not called the Ten Suggestions, after all. It is the Ten commandments so uh using jesus in this example uh probably not the best example that you could have used um i i i still don't understand and i get the point you're trying to make but when it comes to giving people a free place to live free food warmth shelter and all of that why is it too much to ask that you follow certain rules if you're running that organization if your choice is that I don't want to follow these certain rules and I'd much rather stay out where it's 10 degrees yeah. and sleep in a tent on the streets, I don't understand that if, thinking. If you genuinely would rather sleep on the street than follow rules, then by all means sleep on the street. Yeah, and if that's if, if you're one of those protesters that are, are sleeping you know, down in, in tents in downtown Boise right now to protest, to protest this, I would say the same thing to you. I would say that you don't really want a place, a shelter to live, warm food, warm place to eat and, and sleep. If you'd much rather be out there than take advantage of the 150 openings that are available at the Boise Rescue Mission yeah. or one of their locations. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's my own personal opinion. Uh, Jim wrote in. He says it's interesting that the legislator from Meridian is all pro-capitalism until it comes time for property taxes, then he's, hey, a California-type property tax cap sounds like a swell idea. 
Uh, I don't I don't know that capping that capping property taxes is necessarily bad for capitalism, though, because and he uh, said the same thing. Yeah, it uh, it does put more money in the pockets of people who can spend it in a capitalist society. It's it's strange, you know, and, and I, I get the the cap, but it's strange that they capped it at a certain level. But yet. We see. Right now, what was it, 7% yeah. over the last year that we've seen uh, inflation at 7%, but you don't get the cap go up 7%. I think it should be tied to inflation. If, if inflation goes down, the cap goes down. If inflation goes up, the cap goes up, so that it is at least going up and down with what people, you know, people's living expenses are, because that money has to come from somewhere. So if you're paying 7% more for everything else, mm-hmm. You know, your groceries, your gasoline, actually way more than 7% for gasoline. But overall, um, the total is averaging out to 7%. Then you you should get to your cap to go up 7%. Ideally. I, yeah. ide- ideally, right? So capping well, it at, what is the cap the, now, $100,000, I think is what it is? Anytime people deal with uh, cost of living adjustments and increases, uh, I, I think we appreciate it, but not everybody does that. There, there are plenty of uh, places in life uh, where nobody, you know, adjusts it for a, a cola. And it should, I think. Yeah. I, I think that could be one one small fix. And I and, and I agree with the representative, too, when he talked about, you know, older people who don't want to move, don't want to sell their house, um, but would like to live there, and their house is already paid off, but yet their property tax increases year after year, and it mm-hmm. gets to the point... You know, they're living on a fixed in- income. There there should be a way to deal with, with people that have lived there forever who aren't forced to move out of their house because they can't afford to pay property taxes anymore the, after they've spent their lives paying off the house. Yeah, the cost of living has has always gone up. And, you know, there are people who tell you that you won't be affected by it if you, uh, you know, just buy considerably uh, less stuff. But... Life kind of moves on and, and progress moves on. For instance, there are people who still argue that uh, if you're poor, you shouldn't have a uh, cell phone as if it's a luxury item. Cell phones really aren't a luxury item anymore. Not anymore. 30 yeah. years ago, they probably were. Not not now. Now, if you want to say that <laughs> you have a, a $1,500 latest iPhone, that may be foolish. That, yeah, that that's foolish when it comes that you can't afford to play pay for a place to live or or food to eat, but yet you want you know I I don't know if that's happening, but um, there are definitely cell phones that you can pay for less than others, um, and if you're paying a lot for something like that or luxury items that uh, in, instead of other things that you really need and then complaining about it, then you probably have no reason to complain. Um, Barbara writes in, uh, Mike at KVUI.com, your guest speaker this morning, Joe Palmer, Representative Joe Palmer, um, was on with us, said the housing shortage is why rent is so high. We need to build more to bring prices down. What about the saying, you build it, they will come? We've already heard that Boise is one of the best places to live. Our growth is not going to stop until we, we turn this place into an undesirable place to live. Which we're not going to do. That, well, <laughs> if you if you want to see undesirable places to live... Why don't you ask people in Flint, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, and some areas of the uh, Rust Belt who have seen massive amounts of people move out and what those cities are like to live in right now? 
you you don't want to see Boise become or the, any place in the Treasure Valley become an undesirable place to live because then we'll be on the other side going, how do we pay for anything? We don't have enough people here paying taxes. We don't have enough people doing business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to turn this into an undesirable place to live. Um, now, my wife, Tracy, uh, as part of her job with the National Association of Realtors, she's going to be the incoming president here in a couple of years. Um, she travels the country and she talks about some of this. And she's talked, she's given speeches here in Idaho about this. The reason the rent and the reason the housing prices are going up is because there is just a lack of inventory. So it's not if you if you build it, they will come. It's they're already coming. If you want to see prices go down, this is according to her, then we we need to building about ten thousand new units a year just keeps up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. It keeps the status quo. If you build less than that, the prices go up. If you build more than that, then you start to see a larger amount of inventory than what is needed, and then the prices will go down. We're not to that point yet, and that's why you continue to see prices going up because there are more people moving here, and just not the inventory is just just not available as of right now. But yeah, uh, Barbara, I, I, we do not want to become an undesirable place to live because the people then who suffer are those of us who live here. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I pointed out earlier we were talking about uh, COVID, and I said I take all my cues from my personal physician my family doctor. How dare you? And that I don't necessarily listen to the advice of people who aren't medical school graduates. Just pointing that out. Uh, Curtis writes in and says, does your doctor believe ivermectin works and is a suitable remedy for COVID? If not, you shouldn't believe when you're told the vaccine works, just like the misinformation from that website you quoted earlier about antibodies lasting. By the way, that was the, uh, was the basically the medical association the american medical association anyway you believe them (laughs) just like the misinformation from that website you quoted earlier about antibodies lasting up to five years when no one had had this for five years uh that's that's correct nobody has had it for five years but you can figure out what's going to happen in the near future with science you don't necessarily have to be in the dark uh, science would indicate that the sun is going to come up tomorrow, and it probably will. So science can predict different things. And what this particular website that I was looking at said is that they don't know very much about uh, natu- natural uh, immunity when it comes to uh, COVID. And th- the fact is they don't think it lasts for a lifetime like the chickenpox uh, immunity does. They think it's a completely different thing. It's obviously it's different than measles. Measles will last for a lifetime mm-hmm. too. The immunity. yeah, yeah. But uh, COVID is is different, and since there are a lot of variants, you know, it it has a way of getting around the uh, the vaccines and things like that. And the my, antibodies. My, I, also. I did talk to my doctor about ivermectin. My doctor doesn't believe ivermectin should be used for people. Uh, ivermectin was kind of a big thing on the internet here about two years ago. And then uh, regular doctors started saying, no, it, it doesn't actually work. It's just kind of a fad thing at the moment. Uh, it does, apparently, if, if you uh, have like tsetse flies or something like that, it can get rid of them. <laughs> or heartworms. Uh, we need to take a break. Uh, i got to make me up a fresh batch of some sleepy chicken and uh, go drink some of my own urine. Uh, we'll be back. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, we'll get to your phone calls and emails coming up. 
Get 670-KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670-KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670-KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. To the phones we go. Once again, if you want to get through, we do have one line open right now, 208-336-3700. I spoke too soon. Now it's uh, full also. Uh, So let's get to some of these phone calls and clear the line so that you can get through if you want to take part in the show. Alan, thank you for being patient this morning. Alan from Eagle, uh, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, gents. Um, I have a solution for the seniors and the property taxes, and it's an easy solution, and it can be done immediately by the Republicans if they're really calling themselves Republicans and care about seniors. Okay, what let's is say it? A, a senior, let's say a senior owns a house, and say the senior has to be 65 or older, okay? okay? And they've had it for 30 years. There should be no property tax. If they've had it for 20 years, it should be 75. If they've had it for 10 years, it should be 50. Now, that would be gradual, and that would help the seniors out. It could be done. Florida, for example, if you're a veteran, you pay no property taxes. Plus, they have no sales tax there. And with the surplus that Idaho has and all the new people moving here, and the houses now in a lot of neighborhoods are a million dollars or more, and those new people are paying the higher property tax rates to cover the seniors. It could be done, and it wouldn't hurt the budget in Idaho at all. I like that idea to a certain extent. I, I've always thought that just it, you don't have to be a senior citizen, but when you buy your house, your property tax should be based off that cost. And if you never sell it, it it'll never go up. Say if you bought a house several years ago for $60,000 and now it's worth 250000 as far as I'm concerned, you should still be paying taxes on a $60,000 house. I will, I will add one caveat to that. Not just if you sell your house, but also if you take advantage and refinance your house, then it also happens um, to go up. So if you sell it well, yeah, or, that, or like, refinance. That's basically like buying it again with a new loan. So, yeah. yeah, Alan, that was a well-thought-out, lucent opinion and made great sense. Now you should go to your room and spank yourself for making that much sense on the radio. <laughs> I, I have one more suggestion. Okay, one okay. More suggestion. Uh, they keep hassling and fighting over the stupid food sales tax. And you know you get that big $110 write-off at, at the end of the year to compensate for the sales tax for right. food. Again, that should be something that's graduated for certain seniors at a certain age. It should be a lot more money than that, especially when they're on a fixed income. And because of Sleepy Joe, everything is so expensive now. It would really help the seniors out. Give them the, the help that they need. I'm, I don't need the help. They need the help. Give them the help. We can afford it. Thank you, Alan. Some great thoughts there. Appreciate the call. Okay, bye. Mike in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. The, uh, the homeless situation, I know I've called in before about it, and I totally agree with what you have said earlier. But, you know, we all have to live by certain rules. And uh, I watched an interview of an individual uh, that was uh, down at the old courthouse, and he he doesn't want to have anybody tell him what to do. Uh, But, you know, you want your cake and ice cream and eat it, too. And, um, you know, again, I go back to how lucky I am in my life and how I was brought up and hard work and all that. But um, the big thing I'm concerned about is what's happening 
in the city with the city fathers uh, is we're, what happened to Boise? Uh, everything's got to be low-income housing, low-income housing. And 20 years from now, you won't recognize Boise. Of course, I'll be six feet under by then. And so, um, but it's, it's, we're destroying this city. And, uh, um, yes, we have to address the homeless, but there are certain rules that, uh, and the Boise Rescue Mission is just does an outstanding job. Uh, the Reverend Roscoe there, uh, he, he runs a good ship, and that's where uh, I send money to, and uh, that's where people ought to think about. Not, well, we want, we want this for free, we want that for free, but we don't want to do anything. What, yeah. is, what is it that's destroying the city? Well, <clears throat> this, this attitude that we have to have low-income housing and apartment complexes all over the place. And, and if you look at what other big cities did years ago when they weren't big now they're housing projects and low income solid and subsidized every which way and so you you just you flip flop everything and uh, you we won't see it in our lifetime so what would your what would your answer there. if you if you don't want low income housing what would your answer be is it you don't want low income housing or you don't want it all in one area do you want it to be spread out what what would be your answer I, I think you have to let the marketplace decide on a lot of that. But the other thing, and it goes back to the property tax. Uh, we keep on raising property tax on the individual. If you're a big business, uh, you've got better lobbyists at the legislature. So you get what you want. You get a reduction. Uh, but uh, as I used to say, Joe and Jill Lunchbox, uh, they're the <laughs> ones that are having to pay the bigger property taxes, and they will continue to do that. And the Republican legislature is totally wrong on this. Um, and that's why I've also said, and you know I've talked on this program, of, of one day you'll see that Idaho will be a blue state, not a red state. You think the whole state is going to go blue? I, I just I cannot, I mean, when you sit there and you look just across the border. You know, the population centers probably will. Yeah, you look right across the border yeah. in Nampa, which is, you know, over 100,000 people now. And Nampa is the second, or the first, I'm sorry, first reddest county in the entire United States. Canyon County is? Canyon, uh, Nampa, it's specifically, yeah, yeah Canyon County. Um, so when you, when you see that, you you really think that, as that city grows, it's going to get bluer and bluer to the point where it slips from flips from red to blue. I don't know how big a flip it'll be, but we're we're going more the wrong direction uh, because it's free this, free that. Uh, who's going to pay for this? And again, I won't see it in my lifetime, uh, but we're going to see a change, and because the Republican legislature is not representing the person that lives in that house down the street. Um, you know, what they're talking about now, the surplus, oh, we're going to yeah. give you 12% or $75. No, it's the property tax that's killing everybody. Thank you for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, we need to take a break. And one other thing, yep, real, real quick. Real I call it, I'm calling you on my flip phone, too. <laughs> what? You need to upgrade, buddy. You need, you need to upgrade. Uh, there are plenty of phones out there over $1,000 right now. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll get to more of your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Before we get back to our 
phone calls and our phone lines uh, on people waiting on hold. Apologize. I just want to say, uh, for those of you who do call in and want to be on the air, our producer does not get paid anywhere near enough for you to yell at them or criticize them for what either one of either myself or Chris says or any one of our callers say. So I just want to remind people that when you call in, we have a producer who answers the phone. Don't go off on our producer. Now, his job is to put you on the air where you then can talk. If you want to go off on something that I said or Chris said, feel free to do that. Going off on our producer, though, um, will get you hung up upon. And uh, our producer, Nathaniel, has... (laughs) Full permission to hang up on somebody who will just continue to go off like we just had uh, a person do. So, like I said, he doesn't get paid anywhere close to enough. Uh, even if he did get massive amounts of money, it still wouldn't be a, a, enough to uh, get yelled at. for <laughs> The fact that you let yourself get yelled at for as long as you did, I probably wouldn't have, have lasted as long as you did before I would have said, see ya, gotta go. John, anyway. John wrote in, John says, COVID, bottom line, the genie is out of the bottle. It had replicated itself many times over, and it's not going away. We need to quit playing whack-a-mole, thinking we can make it go away. It's not. The focus should be on treatments, therapeutics, and how to live uh, within our in, or how to live with it in our environment. Chris in Nampa, thank you for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm glad I didn't some kind of argument (laughs) but um there was a state representative on there talking about a bill he's proposing to where it would protect businesses to be able to charge people as much as they want for application fees uh, yeah okay so my idea is we're talking about homelessness i mean it's hard for someone who's living in their car to save enough money to come up with these ridiculous um, deposits that these apartments are charging. I know they're trying to protect their, you know, their apartment, but when the deposit is as big as the, or, or more than the first month's rent, how are people to afford to get into them? And I, I used to be an apartment o- or owner per se, but I bought a house a couple years ago with my, VA disability money, but it's it's uh, it's hard life living in apartments, and to give protection to people so they can charge as much as they want in a deposit that sometimes is never even returned to the renter because oh he he dropped a little bit of uh, red juice on the carpet, so now oh, yeah those charge- uh, those application fees aren't returned; they just consider that them no, doing business it's, like, it's he, like it's, you you. You have to pay us to apply to live in our re- in our uh, apartment. And the part that yeah. sucks with that is that we have heard people using that to their advantage. You know, they'll put maybe uh, up for one apartment for rent, and they'll have 50, 60 people, and they've already decided who's probably going to get it, but they'll continue to tape applications because, because they, can. they get a $50 application fee for every person that they take. You know... That that just seems so unfair. Hey, guys, it was great listening to your show this morning. I'm going to continue to listen, but I I think he needs to get rid of that bill. <laughs> but, 
Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the call. Uh, David in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Thank you for being patient this morning, waiting through the news uh, time. Glad to get you on. Thanks for the call. Not, not a problem. And first off, let me say, if people want to argue, you can set up a special phone number to come to my house because I'll argue with anybody on anything. I'm that campaign, Chris. <laughs> That's what um, we need. We need a we need a uh, an argue hotline, and I'll, I'll bet you that sucker would be full nonstop. Designated arguer. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to take on both sides because I think both Republicans and Democrats suck. But that's <laughs> not today's. Well, it kind of is today's issue. Um, my wife was hit by a drunk driver and was disabled some years ago. I had a stroke, so if I breathe loud. And don't articulate good. That's part of the reason. We bought our house for $42,500. How many years ago? uh, It's been a few. It's been (laughs) Napa. Like more more than 40 years? More than 40 years? Uh, Yes. Okay. And it's now valued at, well... They're assessing me at 350000 to keep it on the low side. And needless to say, property tax has gone up a little bit. And Social Security COLA has not kept pace. And as far as everything goes, I think they should change, one, how the money from the lottery is spent on the schools because they can't use that to pay teachers or improve the buildings themselves, but they can put in an awesome track at at the Meridian High School that rivals most colleges. Two, the cities need to change how they're budgeting road work done. Um, If you've ever watched them put new wires or pipes down a major fare through, They block it off, tear it up, do work for a while, then bury it, patch pave it, come back a little while later, tear it up and do more. Well, that's because it's done on a quarterly basis for their money and not on a whole project basis where they could save up the money and get it all done at once, which would actually save them about a third to half the cost they're spending now. I know that because I have friends that are civil engineers. Mm And, you know, there's a lot of things that could be done to save money. And I, I don't think, and I missed part of Alan because I was talking to your guy. I wasn't arguing with him, but I was talking <laughs> with him. So I wish I could have heard more of Alan. But if they would just straighten out the mess we have, I think we could do a lot to save money. I didn't vote for the last round of school improvements and jails and everything else in Canyon County cuz I can't afford it anymore. Yeah. No, there's a lot of and, there's a lot of people definitely like you um who are saying the same thing, you know, especially I'm guessing you're on a fixed income, you and your wife are on a f- fixed income and you know Absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, I I totally uh, get that whole thing. Thank you very much for the call David and your thoughts. Uh appreciate you listening too. Uh text in 208-336-3700. Uh, today, your Democratic guest admitted that the top 1% of Idaho residents pay nearly all taxes because the refund of an average of $8,000 goes to people who paid over 90000 in taxes. The refund is 9% of what was paid. She wants us to give equal amount to people who paid zero in tax. Um, I, 
And, it, that, and, and that's part of the thing that, that I don't get because, it, you know, if you get a refund on your taxes, you're getting a refund of the money you paid in. In my opinion, this bill is more in favor uh, as far as dealing with the refund in favor of, of low-income people mm-hmm. because everybody who filed a tax return gets a minimum of $75. So you, you think the the bill is designed uh, to give people who need help help and people who don't need it what? I, no, I think it's designed to give everybody help. Okay. Um, but people who did not pay in to taxes mm-hmm. are going to get a refund. No, that doesn't even fit the definition of a refund. You're not getting a refund because you paid nothing in. You're getting $75 from the government as a refund even though you paid no taxes. Everybody who filed a tax return, and everybody should file a tax return because even well, if you pay are, no taxes, you are, get the tax grocery tax credit. In, in Idaho, though, there are 230,000 people who didn't file one last yeah, year. Yeah, which is, is just weird because you left money sitting on the table because everybody gets a grocery tax credit. Even if you didn't pay taxes, you get your grocery. T- so you're leaving money just by not filing your taxes just because you don't owe income taxes mm-hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't file your taxes. That's one of the reasons. Here's another reason, because you would get $75. Now, the one thing you can do, even if you didn't file in 2019 or 2020, you can go back and file. You can file late for those years so can that you? you can get your minimum of $75. Can you file an income tax report no matter how much money you made? Meaning? For instance, if you made absolutely nothing, you didn't have a job the entire year. Yes. Can you still file your yes. income taxes and just put on there that you earn nothing? And and you should, and just for the reason that I said, because even if you paid, you, you don't get any money back or you paid no income taxes, there is still money there for you that you could get in the form of the, grass, uh, the grocery tax credit that everybody mm-hmm. gets. Um, so you left that money sitting on the table by not filing you know, your taxes, you know what I mean? So in in this instance, I I get it that you know people are complaining. It's like, well, gosh, a millionaire can get uh, I don't know how much you know nine thousand dollar tax rebate. Well, they they paid in that money, so they're getting a rebate yeah. based on the percentage of money they paid in. So this really is helping really low income taxpayers because they're getting money back that they never paid in, which isn't necessarily what you would call the definition of a rebate. I don't, I don't think income tax is based on fairness. Simply because when, well, that's it, when, it, when it first started out, it wasn't, I mean, it, it, income tax is kind of unfair anyway. Are any taxes you know, based I, on I, fairness? I work for this money now. Here's your cut. Yeah. Uh, however, since we do have income taxes, uh, what they've always been trying to design, at least uh, half the people in Congress anyway, is a system by where those who need, like $500 could change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you're making a couple hundred grand a year, it's $500 isn't going to change your life at all. It's not going to make any difference no. to you. However, to somebody who's really struggling, 500 could be a big deal. So what they want to do is design a bill somehow to give all those people who uh, are hurting like an extra 500 or or $1,000 or whatever, and the people who don't need it don't give them anything. See, I don't like that. I mean, if you're if you're paying in to be fair, I think you should get money. I just said, yeah, the whole system. It's not is, based on fairness. It's, yeah, it's not based on fairness yeah. to begin with. I don't think. And like I said, what tax is based on fairness? Yeah. I can't come up with one. Right before they had income taxes, they still had taxes. Yeah, and none of those were fair either. As a matter of fact, yeah. 
some of them we just go along with because we like roads and stuff and firemen. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Those are the numbers you should call right now if you want to go see the Boise State Broncos take on Wyoming on the 25th. We've got tickets for Boise State uh, Broncos basketball. Hottest team in the Mountain West right now is a uh, head on a road trip. If you want the tickets, call at number six. Those basketball tickets are yours. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations, Ben Flake. Caller number six picked himself up a pair of tickets. We'll be headed to uh, the uh, arena coming up next week to watch Boise State take on uh, Wyoming, Extra Mile Arena. We have more tickets coming your way tomorrow morning, so if you didn't get through this morning, don't worry. We have plenty of those to give away tomorrow morning. We'll also have a chance for you to pick up some more tickets to the Boise State Broncos taking on uh, Utah Valley University coming up uh, Saturday night. Um, so with lots more winning to do tomorrow. I want to quickly just remind you also tomorrow morning, beginning at nine o'clock, we have the uh, KBOI sweet deal of the week half price. Very popular. Once again, you're going to want to get in on this right at nine o'clock or it will be gone because it's Costa Vida. $50 gift certificate, half price, $25, KBOI.com. That's coming up tomorrow morning. Uh, text message in. No name on this one. Purpose of the refund, along with stimulus and child credit and all the COVID benefits, is to pump up as much worthless money, read unearned, counterfeit, merely government-printed money, into our society, thereby creating the inflation we're experiencing and will continue to experience in an ever-worsening way until the government steps in to save us. What a plan, create a problem, then rush in to solve it. That's what the government's supposed to do. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's what uh, consultants do. Hey, we got a problem. Here's how we're going to fix this. People, uh, I remember people years ago used to say, ah, oh, there's a there's a consultant coming to town. I hope they don't make any changes. And I used to say, are you kidding? That's what they do. No consultant ever comes in and says, everything's perfect. Give me my money. How would they make money if that was exactly. what happened? You um, guys are doing great. You don't need me. Now, that'll be $100,000. Need to put a uh, rumor to rest here. Um, James wrote in, is it true Nate has tested positive for COVID? Or is that just a rumor? Uh, Jim, Nate was not on his show yesterday because he had a function at the Idaho legislature. It's not tested positive for COVID. He will be back on his show live here in yeah. studio coming up this afternoon. He doesn't have COVID. See, that's how rumors get started. All right, let's put that one to end. Roger writes in, Mike at KBY.com. My wife and I are both in our mid-50s and lifelong Oregonians. We love Boise and Idaho in general. Over the past five years, we have noticed a strange shift in the look and feel of Boise. It reminds us of Portland 30 years ago when I worked in that city. It started innocently with programs to stop the homeless problem and fast forward to today. The homeless issue is a big government business with millions of dollars flowing to the government bureaucrats every day. Be very careful. George in Boise wrote in and says, suggesting low-income people get tax money back they didn't pay in is another form of wealth redistribution. The more I listen to you, the more you sound like a closet lib. I didn't advocate that, George. Ne- I just said that's neither what one some, of us advocated. I just said that's what some people are trying to do and have been trying to do for years is figure out a way that the people who need more money can have more money and the people who have plenty of money uh, you know, don't get a tax break. I didn't say that was what I was for. I said that's been the idea for a long time. About half the people want to do that. Yeah, that was that's a complete mis- misunderstanding. Uh, if you thought any of us um, felt that way, I'll even speak up for uh, Nathaniel, and, so you don't call and way, yell at him. I'm not a closet anything. 
If you want to know what I am, just listen to me. <laughs> you can also um, do even better than that because he'll probably tell you if you just ask. That would be my guess. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for today. We're going to be on a 20-hour break. Uh, just to update you, the uh, stock market still doing very well. All the indexes are up. Dow up 374 points. Uh, as of right now, it's been as high as over 400 points. We'll be back again tomorrow morning uh, for a Friday show, Open Phones Friday, where we'll talk about anything you want coming up tomorrow morning. Have a great day.